0: Welcome. We're excited. Feel free to yeah, fill in if there's any open seats. Feel free to move forward if you want. Um, thanks. Shout out to people standing in the back. We appreciate you. But yeah, we're excited to get started
1: here. Yeah, you guys. Uh, we are the same one is offered tomorrow. But if you guys, you guys, welcome to stand in the back if you want. Everyone get a handout. Um, but hey, yeah, welcome out. Who guys, who played, uh, who played Cornwall last night? Is there a good amount morning than <laughs> one? All right, about four people. Must have been really exciting. I
0: think we have the winners
1: in here. Yeah, if you <laughs> won <laughs> Cornwall, would you just, like, raise your hand? Oh. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> hey, morning one, we're out here. Thanks for choosing Facts Over Feelings. Uh, we're excited to talk to you guys a little bit. If you guys are like us, um, you are probably undisciplined um, in maybe a couple different areas. So uh, we, we've been talking a lot about different areas that we're undisciplined in. So my name is Dallas, and this is my wife Mandy. We uh, work in Northwest Missouri State, we've been there for four years now. Uh, we love it a lot, but we've been talking recently, we're like, okay, what are some areas that we're really undisciplined in? What are areas that we just don't have any self-control? Um, and one of the things is we just love, we love food. So we love, uh, we love going to different restaurants, we love cooking, this is kind of us on our like, little back patio, uh, I don't know what we made there, some spaghetti or something, but um, we love going to different restaurants, all right, but the biggest thing that we've noticed is like, okay, we're, we're waiting for the food uh, to come, and then, you know, the waiter brings the food, and all of a sudden, like, we're talking, and then we're just face down, like, shoveling, and then it's like five minutes, and the food's gone, and we're like, what just happened? Like, we just ate all the food, and then we finish our conversation. So it's like, when it comes to food, we just have, like, no self-control whatsoever. Um, And we're working on it okay we're working on it yeah um but so we you know we all probably have areas where we're like you know what i really just i don't have discipline in this area i really don't have self-control in this area um that probably applies to a lot of different things but what about our faith so that's kind of what we're talking about today like what role does discipline play in our pursuit of god And so we can look all over like different examples in everyday life of people who have discipline right and I think it's true that discipline gets you to where you want to go in certain areas. Um, and so think about people like Steph Curry. You know, we think about him making a game-winning shot, being like the greatest three-point shooter of all time. But you probably don't think about all the days, um, the work that he puts in, right? i, I read somewhere that he makes up to 1,000 three-pointers every single practice, which making that many is a lot more shots, right? So that's a lot of hard work that he puts in. Think about Tom Brady, um, which we just mentioned last night. We didn't plan on that, but yeah, he, he puts in a lot of work, right? I don't know if you guys have looked up the regimen that he has for his like his body or his health. He takes he's disciplined to take care of himself. That's why he's able to perform at the high level, you know, when he's like 65 years old, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> uh, um, although he's you know you know he's on downward, but that's all right. Uh, but yeah, so so you think about that. It's pretty obvious, okay? If you if you put in work, you know, you're going to be able to achieve your goals in certain senses. But what about faith? I would argue that faith requires almost twice as much discipline to grow in as it would anything else right so you think about this maybe not tom brady but most people have an athletic advantage you know what i mean Mm -hmm. tom brady he's pretty athletic a little bit i guess but um they have a they have like an innate advantage athletically right um but they still put in work for us none of us can claim that we have any spiritual advantage right none of us even the, the most godly people, none, none of them would choose to pursue God on their own, right? So all of us are kind of at the same level when it comes to our faith. So it requires discipline, it requires um, effort. And so we're kind of just going to unpack that a little bit today. What does that look like to have discipline when it comes to our relationship with God or pursuit of God? So I'm just going to look at two verses, kind of guides our time a little bit. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. Paul says, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And so you notice here he's saying two two areas, right? Physical training, it's good, it has some value. But the problem with physical training is that it's only temporary, right? It only lasts for this life. So once once we die, physical training has no more value. But godliness has value for this life and also for the life to come. Um, So it has eternal value, right? But what do both have in common is that they both require training, okay? So he says, train yourself physically, but also train yourself to be godly. So what does that word kind of mean? Here's the Greek word, um, gymnazo. If you guys had to guess, what, what English word do you think comes from this Greek word? Gymnasium. Gymnasium, for sure. Yeah, so good. Training, kind of, you see that, like, the, the gym word in there? You guys are scholars. <laughs> uh, but here's one, here's one definition. That kind of came with it. Exercise vigorously, body or mind. Um, so yeah, kind of just putting in a lot of effort. But this is another definition that, that I saw, was to exercise naked. It's kind of interesting, right? Um, but actually in, in ancient Greece, before they would, um, I'll look this up, before they would run a race, or before they do a competition, they would actually shut off all the layers of their clothing to, to basically stop any hindrances from, from them being able to run as fast as they can, right? Does that make sense? So they would lay off every, you know, everything that would make them slower. Um, so here's actually a picture of what that might have looked like. <laughs> All right, you Some people, like, actually wanted that. Uh, but no, the idea is still there, right? So if we want to pursue God, if we want to pursue our faith, um, we need to lay off everything that's going to hinder us, right? Slow us down from pursuing God. Um, and for me, I think the biggest thing that holds me back from pursuing my faith um, is this, my feelings, okay? So we'll talk about this a little bit more. What what are feelings have to do... With my pursuit of God, okay? I think, are my feelings bad? Are they like from Satan? No, your feelings are not bad, okay? We'll we'll, we'll talk about that. Feelings can actually be good. Jesus had feelings. Jesus had emotions. uh, But the thing that he did really well is that he put them in their proper place, okay? So I think if I were to follow my feelings all day long, every single day, they would lead me in different directions, right? I mean, you guys are probably in the same boat. I wake up one morning, man, I'm feeling super passionate about this thing. The next day, not so passionate about it, right? I mean, if I were just to follow my feelings or what convenience me or you know what made me feel good in the moment every single day, kind of what culture says, hey, follow your heart, which can be a good thing, um, but it can just lead me in different directions, right? So it can be kind of misleading at times. But um, what we can do with our feelings to help is just to put them in their proper perspective or proper place. So here's kind of a little illustration that's on your handout there if you got one. Um, it's kind of a little train, okay? So you have... You have the the uh, head of the train. Was that the engine of the train? That's the fact. Okay, then you have faith and feelings. So basically what this is kind of getting at is saying, okay, our lives need to be driven not by our feelings or our emotions, but they need to be driven by truth or facts. Okay, so let me give you an example. Let's say, for example, the fact or the truth is, okay, if I want to get to know God more, I have to read my Bible, all right? So if I read my Bible, I'll get to know God more. The feeling maybe I don't feel like, reading my Bible today, so I'm not going to. that kind of makes sense? So instead of following my feelings, I follow the facts. But then you also have the faith element, okay? So the faith element plays in, in in that I don't know for 100% certainty that I will know God if I read the Bible, but I have the faith to continue to do it even when I don't feel it. Does that kind of make sense? So this is kind of a model that we can think about. And when we have our feelings in the caboose, it's a great spot because when we, when we don't lead with our feelings, our feelings will catch up with us, okay? And we'll talk about that a little bit more, what that might look like.
0: Yes, so like Dallas said, when I follow my feelings, I'm honestly just missing out on the life God intended for me. Um, And so we actually found a quote that we really like that we think is just honest and raw about what discipline really is. Um, It's by Craig Rochelle. He says, discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. Discipline is the bridge between who you are and who you want to become. So if I want to become deeper in my walk with God, if I want to become stronger in my faith, well, discipline is going to be that bridge along with God's grace that helps me get from where I'm at now to where I want to be. Or let's say, hey, I want to be a spiritual leader. I want to become someone who leads and impacts others in their faith. Discipline is going to be a key element that takes us from where we're at now to where we want to be. Um, and so this actually isn't a new idea. The Bible talks about this in Hebrews 12, 11. Um, It says, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. And I'm sure we can feel that. Discipline is never like, oh man, this really feels good. Um, And actually the Bible says it's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. And the principle there really is that when I choose discipline, even though it doesn't feel good, when I choose it, I'm actually choosing reward. So, for the next few minutes, we're actually going to discuss a question with some of the people around you, and Dallas will bring us back together. But in what ways do you guys see discipline and self-control benefiting you in your faith?
1: But I uh, hope you guys talked about probably a lot of things that we're gonna talk about here this morning.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you guys had great thoughts. Um, and maybe you said these things, but we thought we'd give a couple of whys to why is discipline important for us if we want to know God. And so first is that discipline leads to freedom and joy. It leads to freedom and joy. I don't know about you guys, but for me, when I think about discipline, I usually think that it's going to be restrictive in my life and make me enjoy my life less. And that's actually the misconception you'll see under uh, that first blank there. But a misconception about discipline is that, yeah, it's restrictive and makes me enjoy my life less um it's oh, discipline will always tug at our natural desire for comfort i'm sure we all feel that um the world also will tell us that if we follow what we feel like doing or um, if we just listen to whatever our feelings are telling us then we'll have comfort and freedom and joy um but it's actually the total opposite and the bible even talks about this in second peter 2:19. 19. Um, they as in the world they promise freedom but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption, for you are a slave to whatever controls you. And that's that's really a principle here, is that we are a slave to whatever controls you. If my emotions and feelings are what control me, then I'm a slave to those things. And I don't know about you guys, but I would love for discipline and self-control and God's word to be what actually is controlling me and what I'm actually a slave to. Um, and so I, I don't want to be a slave to my feelings, and I don't want to live life my own way. I actually would
1: want that to be controlled by God's word. And I think about uh, an example. Who knows who this guy is? Oh, Big Dave. That's right. Big Dave Ramsey. Maybe you guys know his line. So he always says, "Live like no one else, so you can live like no one else." Right? Someone said it. It's good. So what does he mean by that? Oh, thank you. Yeah, I don't know where it came from. Uh, Obviously no one here budgets, um, but, uh, basically he's a financial guru, all right, and so he, he, he's big on budgeting, right? He he wants us to pinch the penny so you can spend the dollar, that's what he says, right? He, he's big on, hey, restrict yourself in a sense now so that way you can be freed up to buy what you want to buy later, right? And uh, we're, we're trying our best to do this. Mandy and I want to buy a house someday, uh, and if we want to do that, and we have to limit the Starbucks runs, sorry, babe. Um, and uh, maybe some things for me, I don't know, probably. But uh, we're working on it, we're growing in it. Um, but yeah, if we want to be able to be free to buy something that we want to buy later, we have to, in a sense, discipline ourselves in the here and now to not spend the money on what we might want to spend it on now, right? And the same is true with our faith. Um, if, and, and even in life, right, kind of like what Mandy was saying, that if I want to be free to live the life that God wants me to live later, I want to be freed up to, to have the joyful life that I want to have, it doesn't come from kind of living how I want to live now in my, you know, procrastination and laziness, but it actually comes from disciplining myself, restricting myself in a sense um, to experience that freedom and joy that comes from that.
0: Absolutely. Um, And so honestly, even more important than freedom and joy, uh, discipline actually leads us to God. And so that's the next uh, point there, is that discipline leads us to God. I feel like it's a common misconception or lie with this one, um, is that knowing God just comes naturally over time. I don't have to put forth effort. If I don't feel like pursuing my faith today, I'm not gonna do it. Um, And so yeah, what this actually looks like playing out in our lives is, hey, I wake up one day, I don't feel like reading my Bible, I don't feel like pursuing God, so I'm gonna listen to that feeling and I'm gonna not pursue God. Um, and that honestly doesn't lead us to God. And so having discipline in our lives leads us to God, along with finding um, God's grace along in that. But it leads us to God.
1: Totally. Um, and this also shows up in the Bible. There's the verse that goes along with it. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So you think about the misconception Mani was just mentioning. You know, I, I, uh, I can know God naturally over time. As time passes and I get older, I'll just know God better. Uh, But this verse is saying, hey, it's actually going to take me seeking him to find him. And not only seeking him, but seeking him with what all my heart. And so I don't know if you guys have ever sought after something with all your heart, but it's kind of an interesting idea, right? Honestly, if I'm being honest, I don't know how many things I seek after with all my heart. And if I were to say that I have I sought after God with all my heart every day, you know, that's probably not true. Um, But how much more would I know God if I actually genuinely sought after him with all my heart? You know, that's that's a wholehearted effort. Um, I think this verse promises, says you will find me when you seek me with all your heart, which is a cool promise that we can take to the bank. I think about marriage a little bit. So, Mandy and I have been married for a little over a year now. So, we're still still uh, newlyweds in a sense, I guess. Not experts by any means. Uh, but I have learned a couple things, maybe. Um, one of the things is that, you know, when it comes to marriage, if I, if I decide, you know what, I'm not feeling like talking to Mandy today. Okay. Um, I don't really, it's not really conveniencing me to pursue her and serve her today, so I'm just not going to do it. Um, and I like to say that I haven't done that, but I probably have. And, uh, and what happens is that it doesn't, it doesn't work out well for me, right? It's not good when I do that, it's not good for our marriage, it's not good for her, I'm not happy, she's not happy, right? Happy wife, happy life, for have heard that. Um, um, but it's just, it's just true, right? some things that, you know, if you want to experience the joy of them, you have to put in the work, and, it, and sometimes it is, you know, not, it's going against your feelings, and I think the same is true with God. Um, if I only, if I was being honest with myself, if I only read my Bible or pursued God or prayed whenever I felt like it or ever it convenienced me, um, I'd probably read my Bible once a month, you know what I mean? I probably wouldn't do it very often, and that's after seven years around of following Christ, and that's just still true. It's still a reality that we have to to um think about is that whenever i you know not only do i i have to pursue god even when i don't necessarily feel like it if i want to experience the joy of it and so yeah you may be saying um well okay that's great for people who are would say they're married to god quote unquote but but i'm not married to god i'm just i'm just i'm seeking god out i'm trying to learn what i what i you know i'm just trying to dip in my toes in faith i'm not really sure what i think yet well i'd say hey that's you this is still true for you you know the degree to which you seek and pursue God is the degree to which you know Him, which is is a cool promise that we can all take to the bank. So practically thinking, you know, okay, we've given a little motivational, but what what does it look like to actually, um, you know, implement some of these things into our lives on a practical level? The first one's really complex, and it's just this, do it. Um, A lot of times, I just need to tell myself, you know, all right, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to... I'm not gonna. I don't need to be motivated to a certain degree. I just need to, to actually put it into practice. You may be saying, "All right, all right, Dallas, I understand, but you don't know my schedule, man. I, I, I'm tired some mornings. Sit up really late. Um, being a frat daddy like like WC said, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm doing for it for. Uh, so you're still in my life, and I'm like, okay, if that's you, I understand. People are busy. This next thing applies to you though, and we thought about that, is that do it anyways, you know, <laughs> do it anyways. And, and then maybe you're saying, okay, um, but one day my grandma called, I had to drive to Kansas City to let the dog out, I just had, didn't have time, you know, it was, it was really bad, you don't understand, you know, I twisted my ankle, it hurt really bad, it's gonna be <laughs> And the last one is for you too, I still doing it. Anyways, <laughs> so this is, this is kind of a joke, but what, we're, what I'm trying to get at here is a mentality really, of uh, do it now, of a do it now mentality, okay?
0: Yes, I uh, lived by this in college after I started following Christ, and it was really helpful for me in getting the discipline in of I just want to know God. Uh, if I hadn't thought of, I'm going to do it now. Um, and what's actually cool with this is that discipline fuels our desire. Dallas kind of mentioned this at the beginning, but the more I say yes to things that I'm trying to be disciplined in, the easier those yeses become over time. So naturally, what I'm disciplined in, it will fuel my desire for that thing. So if I'm disciplined in, we're, we keep using the example of being in the Bible, but anything else when it comes to uh, sharing your faith or just being outward in your faith, the more I'm disciplined in something like that, my desire for that actually grows. Um, and so yeah, I love that this is true for us, but discipline will grow our desire. A next practical is to deny yourself in small areas. Um, This could be food, it could be social media, it could be um, getting an extra nap in, sleeping in, um, movies, video games, whatever it is, you know what it is for you. But denying yourself in small areas actually makes denying ourselves in the bigger areas a lot easier. So this is a helpful tip. Um, And then also, invite accountability in our goals if you guys are honestly serious about just being disciplined in your faith or wanting to know God more, I really recommend telling a spiritual leader some goals you have with wanting to know God um, or a trusted friend. Um, And yeah, I think that will really help set us up well to know God deeply and to be held accountable to our discipline. But obviously, naturally, in our flesh... Laziness, procrastination, that is so what we desire, right? Like I I want those things, I crave those things. And so um, we're gonna acknowledge the obvious. There's something called discipline drift. And what this is, if you think about the idea of drifting, it happens slowly and like naturally over time. And then one day you just kind of wake up and you're like, wait, how did I get to here when I was like wanting to be here? You know what I'm saying? It kind of just happens over time. And that's what this discipline drift is. It's just our discipline is drifting away and away and away from what we actually wanted it to be. And so there's a few like basically warning signs or uh, roadblocks that can help us notice when we're having a discipline drift. And so we're gonna go through those real quick. Uh, Phones and media. Um, I recommend checking out the smartphone's breakout. It uh, is really helpful, I feel like, and just seeing how our phones have affected us. But basically, yes, just too much time on my phone. You know, you get the screen report every Sunday, um, and you know if you're spending too much time on your phone. That really causes our discipline to drift. Um, Next is just false expectations. Um, This can be basically towards God. I know I felt this in college, but I felt like every time I spent with God, I should expect some sort of feeling or emotion to happen when I was with God. Uh, But that's just a false expectation. Um, We can expect God to show up, and like Dallas said, the promise is that we will find God when we seek after him with our whole heart. Um, But we can not expect some emotion and feeling to follow every time. So just having correct expectations with God. Next is laziness, obviously. Uh, every time I give into that sinful desire or feeling, I'm just closing the door on my discipline. And then lastly, uh, giving up and not bouncing back. Um, we can acknowledge all of us in here, we will mess up in our discipline at some point. And honestly, Satan would want us to give up, throw in the towel, stop pursuing God. Uh, Satan would want that, but um, we we like saying this, but uh, if you miss a day, don't miss two. So um, stay, keep keep in it, keep bouncing back. You guys can do it. We can know God, um, and there's no greater joy than knowing God.
1: So definitely. So kind of just wrapping up. I kind of wanted to just close with our the theme for the conference. So you guys saw it last night for the first time, but it's it's just this what if, okay? So I think when you, when you consider disciplines, um, one discipline really applied over a long period of time can have a tremendous impact. So I think it's really motivational to think about, man, what what if I, desi- I put in a place one discipline over the course of the rest of my year, right, for 2023? How differently would my life look? How much more would I know God um, if, I, if I decided to do that, right? Even just a small discipline over the course of a long period of time, you can really make gains um, and your walk with God, and, and you'll find yourself in a different spot in 2024, I promise you, uh, than you were today. Um, so, that's all that we have for this breakout. I'm going to pray for us really quick, and then we're actually going to launch into the daily Bible reading, um, which should be in your booklets. And if you don't have the daily Bible reading in the booklet, or if you didn't get a booklet, there's going to be some of the individual uh, printed out devotionals outside you can find in the, so you can go in the hallway or something with people you came with. Um, and mean, go through the Bible reading together. There's like a, a specific time for that before we go to the main session. So let me pray for us, and then we'll launch into that. Uh, Lord God, thank you so much just for who you are. And God, I pray that you would really make us greater um, men and women of discipline. God, we, we claim your promise, God, that uh, if, we, if we seek you with all of our heart, that we'll find you. And so we, I just pray that we would be people who would seek you with all of our heart, that you'd give us that desire. Uh, to do that. So be with us the rest of this conference. Help us to, to become um, more and more uh, men, women of discipline. So pray all your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us.